All right. Any anyone here ever play ten pin bowling? Or when was the last time you went ten pin bowling? A few, a few people, a few years ago, a while ago. Uh, was it a good experience for you? Were you successful? Yes, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun, you know, fun in a successful way or fun in a, oh dear, I've been rolling gutter balls all night kind of way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, temping bowling can be a bit discouraging, can't it? Because um, you can look really foolish and really silly in front of um, people when you don't knock down those pins and you just seem to roll gutter ball after gutter ball after gutter ball and you know you've got those shoes on that are never all that glamorous either so all in all it can be quite a discouraging experience can't it um not that long ago I was 10 pin bowling with someone (laughs) and um this person you know was not knocking down too many pins and um I was actually doing okay all right I'm I was I was was bowling these pins and they were knocking oh, down. Right. Come on. Yeah, yeah. No, I was doing all right. I was doing okay. I was doing well enough, in fact, that this friend said, how come you're knocking down the pins and I'm not? What's going on? I'm paraphrasing a bit here, but it was kind of like this in the way I remember it anyway. Um, and, um, and so I said to this friend, I said, well, well, you don't aim for the pins down the end. He's like, What? What do you mean you don't aim for the pins? I'm like, no, 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 you don't aim for the, the pins down the end. You've actually got to aim for the arrows on the floor just a few metres in front of you. And um, when this person took my advice, because it sounded like okay advice, and they started knocking down yeah. pins. They started succeeding. They started, you know, um, I guess standing there gobsmacked at the fact that they were now winning at this thing called 10-pin bowling. And, um, you know, when you make 10-pin bowling about trying to knock down the pins, you'll probably fail, all right? When you make it about the arrows on the floor, I don't know if you knew that little piece of secret. If you get nothing else out of this sermon, aim for the arrows on the floor when you're tamping bowl, okay? All right? Successful every time. Um, when you make it about the arrows on the floor, you will succeed and your game will be fun rather than a source of shame and defeat and humiliation. Okay? Now, we're continuing our series on prayer today. So last week, we talked about how prayer was basically all about our relationship with God. And if you missed that sermon, I really encourage you, jump online and have a listen because it's it's all the foundational stuff for what we'll be talking about in these coming weeks. So last week was all about prayer, is about our relationship with God. All right, but, but we're going to continue on that uh, today. And what I want to say to you is when you make prayer all about getting your requests answered by God or all about your duty as a Christian, you're going to fail and feel miserable. Because I think sometimes we we think prayer is like knocking down the pins at the end of that lane down there. You know, you've got, got your requests, you've kind of got 10 of them, right? They're lined up in rows that you're going to bring before God. And um, it seems impossible to knock them down. Like you pray with as much faith as you can possibly muster and it just feels like your prayers are rolling down the gutter like a gutter ball and they're just not quite hitting the mark and doing what you think that they should be doing. 
And so maybe, you know, you've been praying in relation to some sort of sickness or pain or uh, some sort of difficulty you're facing. Maybe there's a friend you want saved or a job that you need. Maybe there's a, um, a spouse that you're hoping to find or some sort of problem you're facing in your family's life. Maybe there's anxiety that you experience or depression that you struggle with. Maybe you've been praying about the state of the world or the state of your life or maybe just the state of your house. All right. But each of those things on their own can feel like this really big mountain or they feel like one of those little pins down the end of a bowling alley and they just don't seem to get knocked over no matter how hard you try. And it seems like the harder you try to knock them down, the more foolish you end up looking. And it can be easy, can't it, when it comes to prayer to get discouraged or confused or or just like helpless. When your prayer life is about mustering up this little mustard seed of faith so you can move that, you know, that metaphorical mountain we Christians talk about, I tell you what, you're just going to have misery. Instead of making your prayer life about knocking down those pins at the end of an alley, make it about the arrows. Shift your gaze and your focus down from the things that you want to see happen and shift it onto your heavenly Father. Draw your gaze down closer. Focus your prayer life first and foremost on him, who he is as your good, good Father. Focus on God as sovereign Lord, as creator, as redeemer, as counsellor, as mighty God, as prince of peace. Focus your gaze on him, not the pins. Prayer should be about adoration rather than asking. It should be worship before words. Prayer is about God rather than a get me this list. To pray is to adore rather than simply asking God for more. Prayer's foundation is adoration. Prayer's foundation is adoration. And so just like the, at 10-pin bowling, when you shift your, your focus and your gaze down onto the right thing, you're going to start to see results. And, and almost as if by accident. The balls will roll in place like, like as if by themselves. The pins will seem to knock over as if all by the, on their own and you'll be gobsmacked and you'll be rejoicing and you'll be like, wow, look what just happened. They fell down. And so in the same way, you'll notice your prayer needs. The, the things that you were requesting of God, they, they, they get knocked down without as much effort. And that the faith you struggle to find in prayer, it's, it's somehow there and you're rejoicing. And the reason for that is that you've put prayer in its proper context. Like you've put God in his proper place as a God who will be faithful to you, as a God who cares about you, who cares about his creation, uh, as a God who's in control and is working all things to his good purpose. If prayer is difficult for you, adjust your gameplay. Change your focus. Look closer. Prayer's foundation is adoration. 
if you don't have the right perspective on prayer, I can guarantee you prayer will be a burden, prayer will be a thing of guilt and a place of defeat. And maybe, maybe that's been your experience of prayer. I mean, for me, like it's actually only since I've shifted my understanding of prayer being about relationship with God rather than trying to achieve things. Any kind of overachievers here today? You know, you're like you're, you're, you're task orientated, you're mission focused, you're achievement focused, and, and so prayer sort of becomes about achieving things. And, and it, so it's only, only since I've adjusted my perspective on prayer being about relationship that, that it's clicked for me. Before that, prayer was kind of a bit hard and a little bit confusing. It was sort of something that I wished I could get into, but I couldn't. And I always wondered why I kind of didn't like doing it all that much. All right? Um, and, and I'd always sort of get myself in these sort of um, wrestles of, was I doing it right? Was I saying the right words? And do I really believe God will answer me anyway? And, and why pray anyway? Because if God is sovereign... He'll do what he wants anyway, right? <laughs> like what difference do my futile words make? And I, I think much of my Christian life was spent in a, in a hazy, guilty, foggy kind of not sure in relation to prayer. But as soon as I got the revelation that it's about relationship with God, it changed prayer for me. And prayer is now so much more easier, so much more natural, and so much more desirable. And you know what? I don't worry about if I'm getting it right or not. And you know what? I see more fruit from prayer. And prayer now changes me more too. I think of some of the prayer meetings I've been to in the past some of the really, really boring ones. I mean, I don't know. Have any of you been to a really boring prayer meeting? Maybe don't put your hand up. It was, it was like 20 years ago, right, wasn't it, before this, <laughs> this church was planted? Yeah, yeah. No, but like, you know those boring prayer meetings where everyone kind of sits in a circle and um, they bow their heads and close their eyes. They take turns to quietly monologue <laughs> about problems, about their problems, and about the world's sin and their sin and everybody's sin and about the enemy. And, and you know, like, I mean, I don't know who's more uninspired by those prayer meetings, me or God. And I tell you what, I come away from prayer meetings like that depressed. I do. I come away from them depressed. But then I compare it to some other prayer meetings I've been in. <laughs> um, prayer meetings where people are telling God how much they love him how amazing he is, how mighty and glorious and powerful he is. And I tell you what, fire from heaven in those prayer meetings. Okay? Because <clears throat> there's hope in them. There's joy. There's faith expressed. And then when people bring their needs and requests to him in that context, I come away feeling full and satisfied and excited. And so it's, it's out of the context of adoration that we then make our requests 
in prayer to God. And in future weeks of this prayer course, we're going to look at petition and intercession and spiritual warfare. But we need to get the foundation of prayer right first. Amen? Amen. That's right. The foundation is adoration. The foundation is adoration. Do you like how I did that little rhyme thing to help you remember? I hope you're noticing that. The foundation is adoration. adoration. <laughs> uh, let's look at two passages here. If you've got your Bibles or your phones, you can look it up. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. And as you read or as you listen, just try and notice the underlying theme of these passages. It should be fairly easy for you to pick out. So just listen for some key words that point you to sort of the context of these passages. Philippians 4, 4 to 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then the second one is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 16 to 18. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Did you catch the underlying theme of both of those passages? Rejoice. Rejoice. That's right. These two passages are about prayer. And they both said the context of rejoicing. Some other translations use the word celebrate there. So they say celebrate joyfully in the Lord all the time. And then just emphasize it, it repeats it and says, I'll say it again, celebrate. I think uh, the writer of this is, is trying to make a point, isn't he, the Apostle Paul? When we pray or petition God for things, when we present our request to him, it's to be done in the context of thankfulness. Rather than being anxious as we pray, we are to be full of hope and gratitude. And so we can see here that the context of good prayer really is adoration, isn't it? It's celebrating God. It's rejoicing in who he is. Prayer's foundation is adoration. There's one other thing I see in both of those passages, and I don't know if you've picked it or noticed it when you've read these in the past. Um, these passages might also raise an area of guilt for you. I don't know if they do, but they might. Um, at the very least, they might sort of demonstrate an area of lack that you've noticed in your life. Did you see in here how we're told to, um, like, pray continually? <laughs> Did you notice that bit? Verse 17, pray continually. It's pretty blunt, isn't it? 
it's quite a direction, isn't it? Pray continually. Um, saying to rejoice in the Lord, how often? Always. always. Pray continually, rejoice always. Continual, uninterrupted, without ceasing prayer and adoration. Now, I'm wondering whether for many of us, our, our prayer life consists of a few quick sound bites of prayer randomly um, in the day, or maybe a quick help me, Lord, when you get out of bed in the morning. And if that's you, you're not alone. Okay, you're not alone. I think unless you are a desert monk uh, living in a cave, most of us think, I don't pray enough, or we think, I want to pray more. I think most Christians think one of those two things, either I don't pray enough or I want to pray more. Okay. Can you relate to this stuff? Do you ever think that? I want to pray more. I should pray more. I need to pray more. I don't pray enough. It's easy. We can become quite bound up in guilt over this stuff if, if we're not careful, can't we? And uh, I don't know about you, but for me, uh, I see a big gap between the length of time I spend in prayer each day and the word continually. <laughs> There's quite a gap between that, all right? I actually don't know how to pray continually, really. I mean, are we even supposed to pray continually? Is it even possible to pray continually? I mean, I've got, I've got work to do. I've got places to go. I've got people to see. Am I really supposed to pray all day? The writer of, of these letters to early churches, because that's what they are, they're letters that were written to early churches, is the Apostle Paul. And I think what the Apostle Paul here is doing is he's using a literary technique called hyperbole. And um, that's basically exaggeration for effect. Hyperbole is not to be taken so much literally, but it's more to make us take notice and take action. It's a bit like when we write something and we underline it or put it in capital letters or boldface. You know, you want the reader to take notice. You want to put emphasis on it, don't you? And... Um, and so I think the Apostle Paul here is emphasising for us that, that Christians are to live in perpetual communi communion with God. Because it's not that God is only present with us when we're at church and then he disappears for seven days. And it's, it's not that God's only present when you're reading your Bible then he pops out the back for a while. It, it's, it's not that um, he's... he's He's with you of an evening when you're having dinner, but then is out doing errands for the rest of the day. It's, it's not that he's, he sort of stays beside your bed while you go out to work for the day. I mean, that's silly, isn't it? The Christian life is to be dominated by the presence of God as we go about our day. Our hearts are to always be orientated towards God. My latest little hobby, and I, I get these latest little hobbies from time to time, my latest little hobby is growing indoor plants. Anyone here have any indoor plants? Awesome. Can I get some cuttings? No, I'm just kidding. Kind of. It's all right. Talk to me later. <laughs> 
cuttings. You're me. Later. No, no. African um, violets. Ooh, African violets. They sound hard. Um, <laughs> the, thing with, the thing with indoor plants, though, right, if you've got indoor plants, you'll know this, is that they always orientate their leaves to the light, mm. don't they? So it doesn't matter where you put them in your house, it doesn't matter how often you spin them around, they will constantly orientate and turn their leaves to face the source of light, don't they? And like plants, we should be continually throughout the day orientating our hearts and our minds and ourselves to our source of light, which of course is our Heavenly Father. It's Jesus, light of the world. We should be continually throughout our day orientating ourselves to the light, Jesus. When everything in our life is done and seen with reference to Jesus, everything is put in its proper perspective. And so to pray continually really just means to practice the presence of God. It's to bring God to mind throughout your day. It's to remember his loving presence with you in every place and in everything you do. And it's to celebrate him as you go about your day. So remember, prayer is about relationship with God. Prayer's foundation is adoration. And we pray continually by orientating our hearts towards God throughout the day. It's probably easier said than done. Yes. Uh, perhaps we sort of feel like maybe we need a little bit of assistance or a few reminders. Do you feel like maybe you need some reminders throughout your day to do that? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I'm so glad you asked because look what I have here. <laughs> We have a gift for you today. <laughs> so we, look, what we've done is we've had some um, sticky notes printed up with practice the presence of God printed on them. How cool is that? All right. So what you can do is you can take one of these little bundles and you can go home and you can like stick them around your house, around your car, in your workplace. All right. Everywhere you go, we'll hide something here for Robin. Um, everywhere you go, okay, um, to remind you throughout your day to, to practice the presence of God. And so when you see that, let it be a reminder. Orientate yourself to Jesus, light of the world. Orientate your heart. Orientate your mind to him. Call him to, to just into your, into your mind for a moment. Thank you, Lord. You're present with me. You're present with me. Okay, You're present with me. If you want a digital file of this, let me know and I can um, I can get you one or maybe we'll post one on our Facebook page. Which, by the way, if you aren't yet part of our Facebook growth group, join, respond to the invite, look it up, ask me to invite you or something, you can get in part of that group because we'll put links to um, the, the small group videos that you might have missed, we'll put links to the sermon, we'll put other bits and pieces up there and we'll be able to just really have an ongoing conversation with one another Um over the course of these eight weeks about prayer, okay? So grab some of these before you go. Don't forget, we've also got our um, How to Pray cards from last week. Feel free to grab some of those as well um, before you go today. The second application I'm going to suggest is to, to take a few words from the Bible, perhaps a few, few phrases from a psalm, and to just have them 
on continual replay in your mind throughout the day, a little bit like music throughout the day. And, and just have them sort of in the, in the, the background of your mind there uh, as you go about your day. So, so what I mean by that is, for example, um, Psalm 16 is, is a psalm I've been enjoying this week. And you can take a few little words out of Psalm 16, just have them in your mind. You know, maybe you choose um, from verse 2, you are my Lord. You are my Lord. You are my Lord. As you're doing the, the washing up, you are my Lord. You are my Lord. As you're in the car driving somewhere, you are my Lord. You are my Lord. Okay? Maybe you choose, you know, you make my, my lot secure. Jesus, you make my lot secure. You make my lot secure. And that's just the, the little theme of your day that you just call to mind and allow it to, to flow through your thoughts. Um, maybe you might choose, I praise the Lord who counsels me. Tell you what, if you've got anything tough happening in your day, you want that phrase in your head. You want to be praying that in your day. I praise the Lord who counsels me. Praise the Lord who counsels me. Um, what about I, I keep my eyes on the Lord? I keep my eyes on the Lord. As you're out in the garden, I keep my eyes on the Lord. As you're going for a walk, I keep my eyes on the Lord. I keep my eyes on the Lord. How about this is, this is my favourite. This is one that I've enjoyed this week. You fill me with joy in your presence. Oh, you fill me with joy in your presence. As you walk into your workplace, you fill me with joy in your presence. As you enter the school gate, you fill me with joy in your presence. As you're having a coffee with someone, you fill me with joy in your presence. It's just like music going through your mind. How beautiful it would be to have that as a prayer all day. And uh, you know what will happen when you, you have you fill me with joy in your presence going through your heart and mind for the day? You're going to be filled with joy in his presence, aren't you? I guarantee it. You will be. And if you're not, check your pulse. Come and see me. We'll sort it out. <laughs> okay? Um, so there's two ways you can practice the presence of God this week. Use the sticky notes as a bit of a visual reminder. Grab some phrases from the Bible, from Psalms, and just choose one for the day and just allow it to be um, in your mind and in your heart as you go about your day. Will you try one of those this week? Will you do that? Will you give it a go? Maybe both. One or both. Okay. You know, there's opportunity everywhere, everywhere to practice the presence of God. And I think if you do that, I think you're going to enjoy God more. I think you're going to enjoy life more. And I think you're going to change the rest of your prayer habits. You'll be living and praying with a heart that's orientated to the loving power of God. And you'll be praying with faith in a good God who is a powerful God and a present God. Don't you want that? Yeah. Don't you need that? Mm. Hey, I mean, forget just wanting it. I think we need that. I can't do life on my own. I tell you. <laughs> Oh, dear. If you knew what I'd be like on my own, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you'd know how much I, I, need, I need God. Um, yeah, you can't do life on your own. To pray is to adore rather than simply asking God for more. Adore, not more. Prayer's foundation is adoration. And if you get that right, 
you'll notice that the rest of your prayer life, your entire life is going to change for the better. And I think the perfect way of, I guess, applying this together today is to share in communion together because really the the whole reason we're able to pray, the whole reason our hearts even value and appreciate and, and love God is because of Jesus and his death at the cross and the fact that he has taken away the sin of the world. And that's what gives us access and entry into God's throne room. That's what gives us the the ability and the desire to pray. That's what gives us the um, the right to approach the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings in prayer. And that's what restores that, that relationship that was broken through sin. It's been restored in Jesus Christ. And so if I could ask um, Simeon and Josh to come and, and hand round these elements, please. Thank you.